You're listening to the Parents Podcast featuring Amanda Keen and Kirsten Aho. The views, comments, statements, and opinions expressed in this podcast do not necessarily represent the official position of the Salvation Army. Hey. <laughs> that lady that like says recording in progress. All you people listening who have been on Zoom in the last how it hasn't Maybe been like long. Month. Maybe like a month or so. It's like Zoom hired a new person who says mm. her only job is to say recording in progress. <laughs> you think she's in every meeting? Yeah. She, yeah. Every meeting that's being recorded, she is present. That's weird. Okay. Wait. <laughs> so we're here. Um, it's episode two. You have. Okay. Can season I just three season yeah. seven? No season four or season four, because we don't count the advent series. Cause it was a mini series, mini season. Anyway, Kiri, can you tell us about the art that you're surrounded by? I know not everybody, nobody can see this except for Everyone can see it, us, but, us. but well, I'm really, pl- I'm really pleased with myself because, uh, it's all my own artwork behind me. The only thing that's not mine is there's a cloth on here so that you can't actually see what's under there because it's in progress. Though I made some really good progress last week or the week before or whatever. I don't probably two weeks ago, mm-hmm. I was able to spend one hour and I was super, super, super happy. That's awesome. I'm like it, it's getting closer to what I actually want it to look like, which is, it's like a painting of a person. Oh, which I don't do a lot of that. I was going to say, I don't think I've ever seen a painting of a person that you've done. I do self portraits. And one time, um, someone was like, Oh, if you use white on you when you're doing a self portrait, then it means you're crazy. (laughs) What? I don't remember what they were saying exactly, but I had done that. (laughs) Like that was (laughs) So it checks out. It checks out then. Yeah. That must be true. Like it was like there's something wrong with your mind or like something you have low self-esteem or I don't know, like what do you guys hear any of the construction noises no. behind me? Okay, great. That's the plan. But if you do hear construction <laughs> noises, there is construction taking place right behind this wall. So I can hear it. Interesting. I don't know what they're doing. They're doing something. Actually, I don't know. It might be there. It's somewhere. It's it somewhere. Too, two doors, but I'm, cause I'm at my parents' house. So yeah, I have these paintings. So this one over here, mm-hmm. um, I haven't made any progress in about a year. That one is done and has been done for like 10 years. Yeah. Same with that one. And then this one I worked on two weeks ago. So anyways, so now I'm really going to have to take some pictures, oh, but check out my sweater. It says crafted in his love. Is that Minecraft? It's, um, Salvation Army gaming. There's a shout out to the Salvation Army gaming. Oh yes. People. Um, I think it's oh on my the gosh. back. Zane. Like some, uh, yeah. Essay gaming. Yeah, essay gaming. Okay. Shout out discord. to Zane. Join their discord. <laughs> Do you, did you ever figure discord out? Yeah. I, I was able to play, um, that one where you kill each other. Fortnite. No. Okay. The other one. Call of duty. No, the one where you're okay. an imposter. I see, imposter I, uh, among us, among us. Yes, I was able to play among us with every with some other people, and you like talk to each other while it's happening. Okay, that is awesome. It's really fun, and there that are all these cool. people I did not know who are playing, and they all have like child voice. I shouldn't say this, but they all have tw- child voices because they're <laughs> under eighteen. Well, if you guys <laughs> listen to the episode where we um. Yeah. Uh, interviewed Zane. We all are very voice. surprised. He has a <laughs> we're, <child> all, voice. <laughs> we're all very surprised that Curie learned how to navigate Discord because she had no clue. And I'm a millennial. I'm an ancient millennial. Yes. Yes. Gen Z. Gen Z is always roasting the millennials for being old. But guess well, what, guys? 
we have a guest today who's not a mom. <laughs> That's like the funniest, like, and, and on that same topic, we have someone older than both of us. Um, not both of us combined, but <laughs> getting it really uncomfortable. <laughs> anyway. Um, sorry. I don't know. It's just a different generation. Maybe. I'm assuming yeah, what generations. Okay. So we, before he starts talking, we should is probably it, this introduce This is ageism. Right? This is becoming ageism. Oh, Gen X. X. <gasps> Look at that. This is like the, the silent, it's a silent generation. Like nobody ever talks about Gen X. No. Well, they haven't been talking about it for a while. I just hear everybody <laughs> blaming things on the boomers and then that's it. And then millennials are ruining a lot of things. That's what we hear. Anyway, so let's introduce uh now for the sake of everybody knowing we're we're gonna say this is major rob burks um and he is an officer yay um we always want zane to insert clap reels but he never does so it's really just us saying zane insert clap reel here um anyway but he is and he can tell you just a little bit more because i don't know his title but he's at the crack center the og crack center in San Diego. And he said, Oh gee, I'm, I'm quoting him. I'm not that cool. That's so, how it's known though. Like in San Diego, people are, are like, they walk around, they're like, Oh, are you going to the OG crack center? No, <laughs> no I've, I've not heard that before. No, I don't think they say that. <laughs> what they're is your, tired. they're still time. They're still time. <laughs> We're going to start it right now. Um, what is your like actual title at the crack center? Uh, they just, uh, it's just core officer, except, oh, okay. uh, don't tell anybody, <laughs> but we just, we call it, we call ourselves administrators slash pastors so that people that don't know all those kinds of terms, um, kind of understand that we are in charge of the whole place and we're pastors there and everything in between. So it's, I don't know, we're just trying to use language that people will, that is, that's accessible. That's awesome. Yeah. But we have, we, we work here with the just the greatest staff I've ever seen assembled in the Salvation Army. So it's wow. it's pretty it's pretty fantastic. Yeah. yeah. That is Good really people. cool. Yeah, we're we're very fortunate. Well, I want to hear more of your story because like I said before we um started recording, I don't really know a whole lot about Rob, but I know the company a little bit about the company he keeps and they seem like pretty legit people. So by association, Rob is also legit. Um, <laughs> so, uh, can you tell us just a little bit about, you know, what kind of drew you into the salvation army? Like how long have you been in it? What was the hook for you? Um, what kind of keeps you that kind of thing? Yeah. Uh, well, I would, you could say a doctor brought me into the Salvation Army, like in an emergency, in a, in a, in a delivery room. Uh, my parents, my parents were officers or ministers in the Salvation Army. And okay. so I was really, I was born into it, as they say. Um, and then I, I accepted Jesus or gave, gave my life to Jesus at about seven, I think at a, at an altar with my mom. And, um, and then I, you know, being raised in a Christian home is, is pretty great. It was for me. And as my wife said in a, in a sermon she preached yesterday, it can also have its own, um, like, uh, you know, barriers to finding real faith and real relationship mm -hmm. that you gotta, that you gotta get over. So it's not all, you know, um, we all have, we all have our ways that we have to go and our things that we have to do in order to find Jesus, uh, authentically. Mm -hmm. So, uh, so between the age of seven and 17, I just was just lived a normal life. I don't think that my life was very different from any other life of friends at school. Uh, but the hook definitely, as I was thinking about this, the hook happened in 1985. There was a, they called it an international youth Congress. Mm -hmm. So young people in the Salvation Army from all over the world came to uh, kind of descended on Western Illinois University in Macomb, 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 Illinois. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and we were there for a series of, you know, meetings and concerts and festivals and whatnot. Uh, but one night I was 17 years old. I was 17 years old in 1985, just graduated from high school. 
and went to this, uh, this youth Congress. And one night, the speaker was a guy named Dr. Tony Compolo. And, uh, you know, not an, not an army dude. He's a, at that time, he was a famous, uh, he's a sociologist, really, from Philadelphia, and also a, a great speaker, really funny guy. He spit when he talked. Interesting. <laughs> but anyway, I was sitting so far away that there's no way he was going to hit me. Uh, <laughs> I, I ended up, I ended up in the arena, like in the, um, in the furthest seat up in, the, you know, near the ceiling. And I don't think that had so much to do with, like, I wasn't trying to like make trouble. I think I was just late. And so whatever, wherever I could find a seat. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, I can't tell you what he spoke on. I just remember, uh, that his preach was super powerful and, and at the end, he gave an invitation for people to come and either meet Jesus or kind of re-meet or recommit their lives to Jesus. And I felt like, I don't believe this happened. I'm not saying it happened, but I felt like I was transported from, you know, the ceiling to to the altar, like instantaneously. I just all of a sudden I was there mm-hmm. and I, I recommitted my life to Jesus and uh and and also oddly enough, because again, he wasn't an army speaker, but that's that's when I just really knew for sure that God wanted me to be to do ministry in the Salvation Army as a as an officer, as an ordained minister. So from that point on, that's and that's also when I, you know, we don't want to get into holiness really in this podcast as far as like unpacking the whole thing. But that's when I really had kind of they call it like a crisis moment. And ever since then, it's been um, a process, you know, with, with holiness, like getting closer to Jesus, hopefully acting more like Jesus, not all the time, but um, yeah, just trying to grow in Jesus and grow in Christ um, from that point on. So that that's really, that was the hook for sure that got me in. And then the hook, I was thinking like an ongoing hook hmm. is just the Salvation Army's mission of uh of loving God totally and loving others genuinely. Um, that keeps me hooked. Yeah. yeah, I think, I think I don't, I won't say anything else about that, but that, that does, that's what keeps me hooked is, is our mission. We have a really amazing mission. We do. Yeah. I yeah. do love our mission. Kiri, you want to go into our next question? Amanda. No, thanks, Kiri. You guys are so you're so polite. Yeah, not usually. <laughs> well, um, I appreciate this time you're using words because oh my sometimes God. there's like these hand gestures that she does. And then I like say out loud, like, well, is this what you're saying? <laughs> and then she gets really frustrated. But then I was like, oh, she's using words this time. Cool. Um <laughs> learned. so our second question um rob is do you feel there is a okay i don't have my right notes and i have the i have like the rough draft so i'm gonna (laughs) use the rough draft version of the question wow um but i think it's i think it's still the same question do you feel there's a place for you in the salvation army and kind of maybe unpack a little bit more about some of that story um your story Uh, so I feel that's a bit of a loaded question. I don't know if it's meant to be, but I take it as a loaded question. So I'm going to answer it two ways. Okay. (laughs) Awesome. Perfect. First way is yes. Mm -hmm. Um, the second way, the second answer is longer and it's a bit more involved and a nuance maybe. Um, so there are, there are definitely times maybe especially in the last decade or so when I, um, when I wonder what my place is in the selfish army. Mm. So, and I don't, not to get too heavy, but yeah, there's times when I'm like, huh, I, I, I know, I still know that I'm called to do what I am doing. Mm-hmm. And if I, just as an aside, uh, if I was ever sure that I wasn't called and I wasn't supposed to do what I'm doing, we'd, yeah, I'd be somewhere else. And if my wife felt that way too, we'd be somewhere else. So it's, it's not a, um, it's not an obligation, you know, it's not duty. I still feel, I still feel called. So mm-hmm. that's what, um, I lean on, but there are definitely times in that calling that I'm like, yeah, I don't know if I, um, if I feel comfortable here anymore, or if I, not that comfort is all, is what it's all about. I don't mean that. I just mean like, like I fit in, right. 
Yeah. So that's just to be honest. There's definitely times I don't, I don't know if I was ever in love with, um, with some of our like peculiarities or our practices. Mm -hmm. Um, but if I ever was in love with them, I'm less and less in love with them, uh, more and more. <laughs> yeah. So, um, and I mean, we could go into some of those. I'll probably stay away from some of those <laughs> just in case people on the West coast listen to this podcast. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah but I mean, there's, there's some of the ones that you have and your friends have and other people have and do, um, you know, I'm not convinced the uniform is super relevant these days, although mm -hmm. uh, hopefully you'll take all the cards and letters and emails from that statement. Um, oh. You know, military language in general these days seems odd to me and kind of um, not antisocial, kind of countercultural, but not necessarily in the good sense. Mm -hmm. uh, various programs that that outshine like an emphasis on discipleship, those kinds of things. Um, the structure, the hierarchy, mm. uh, women's place in the, in the army, this egalitarian uh, movement, Christian movement has gone, you know, gone backwards in that, in that sense. Mm. Minorities and other ethnicities in leadership. Oh, I mean, just the, the list could go on. I don't want to <laughs> feel like, feel like I really brought down the room, but, but all those things, uh, together and separately, um, make me, make me wonder like, what, what are, where are we? I think sometimes the Salvation Army definitely has an identity crisis. And then I do in within that identity crisis. So, um, yeah, so, so that's the longer answer, but going back to my yes, <laughs> just to kind of bring it back. Um, when the dish, when the definition of what it, means to be army quote unquote um is more elastic and less restrictive hmm. and when um when christian discipleship is is emphasized over over like salvation army distinctives and when mission is the key when when mission is the key both the great commission and uh the salvation army's mission when that's the key and maintenance is like avoided at all cost then I feel, I feel like I have a place in the army when it's not that way. I'm just like some of, some of the rest of us, like what the heck? Yeah. yeah. So that's, I think that's as honest as, I mean, that's, that's how I feel. Yeah. It is. It's a definite <laughs> yes. And <laughs> yep. Yeah. Thank you for that. Another, like another way I could answer it is, uh, I don't know. Ask me tomorrow. Like, like, right. Yeah, today I, I do. Today I feel like I have a place in the army because I'm talking to other people in the Christian movement about really important things. Tomorrow, mm -hmm. maybe not so much. Yeah. Which I'll just say too, not to not to belabor it. That has a lot to do with me and my spirit and my outlook and my faith or lack thereof. And, and it has to do with some of those things I listed and, and tons more. So it's not, I'm not uh, blaming anybody. I'm just trying to say those things are real. And yeah. I really, I really don't agree with where we find ourselves on in some of those areas. Mm -hmm. And it's also, it's also me. <laughs> it's also yeah. immaturity and it's also wanting to be comfortable instead of wanting to be Christ-like. Um, Cause he, wasn't comfortable if I read the gospels correctly. Uh, not only not to find, you know, not finding a place to lay his head, but he found a place to be dead. Hmm. Um, anyway. Yeah. Does that, does that answer the question? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> <laughs> I think it does. And <laughs> I, I mean, it's, um, you know, we, there's a lot of answers to this question that we'll see in this, this season. Um, and there's not ones that are right or wrong. Like it just, it's just where people are. And that's what sure. we wanted to make yeah. space for. Um, but hearing you talk about that, I just, I personally really resonate with that. Like it's, it's times. And I know Kiri and I have had conversation where it's like this podcast, like, I don't know. And this is just me, not Kiri. Like, I don't know if I would still be in the army if it weren't for God using 
this podcast and this space, um, and this kind of like creative outlet where we can have real conversation about real things that really matter. Um, so anyway, I, I resonate with what, with what you're saying. Yeah, um, can I, can I say something that specifically Amber, Kristen, did you, were you weighing in on something? Oh, no. Oh, I just wanted to, um, specifically about you doing the podcast. And I think, I think that's humongous. And whoever's listening that's in the Salvation Army, whether you're an officer or a soldier or employee, or you attend there and worship there or whatever, volunteer. um, If you wait for people to ask you to be creative or to do something that's not in your job description or not in your kind of purview or your lane, then good luck with that. That and I and by good luck I mean you will not have good luck with that. <laughs> uh, <Right>. in, <laughs> instead, instead, if you have an idea, go for it. Get somebody else, few mm-hmm. a few somebody else's whatever, and go for it. Mm-hmm. Um, which I would say uh, to to kind of go to a positive of our movement. Or there is a lot of room for creativity. Tons. Mm-hmm. I mean, even going back to the things I listed, uniform and those military, all that stuff, that was super creative at one point, super creative. Mm. Some of the programs that we do now that, in my opinion, sometimes they become an end instead of a means to an end. But when they started, super creative. Somebody had a great idea. How do we reach youth? Well, let's do this. And how do we, you know, get attention at an open air? Well, let's, you know, hold this instrument and blow into it. And Mm. so those things... Those things were huge and super creative and super outside the box. So I guess I'm, I'm just saying like, yeah, if you don't feel like you have a place in the Salvation Army, uh, carve one out, like make, make a place. And it still might be that you do your kind of nine to five job, whether that, again, whether that's an employee or, or an officer or, or outside the army. Um, but you're also, you're, you're like adding value or the, the Christian artist, Sarah Grove says, add to the beauty. So you'd be like adding to the beauty of the Salvation Army, which I think is beautiful. But yeah. if you, with your own giftedness, spiritual giftedness and your own, you know, educational experience or makeup or personality, all those things, background, um, dreams, if you put all that together to do something, to produce something, to create, right? We're created beings, then you're going to feel more at if not at home, you'll feel like there's a place for you. And you, even though you carved that place out, so what? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So, That's good. so congratulations on the two of you carving a place out in the Salvation Army where you can uh, do good work, you know, good redemptive work that benefits other people. How, that's, doesn't get much better than that, I don't think. Mm-mm. Yeah. Like the things, and, and I just relate to what you said, because the things I've done in my, like, this is our 30th year as officers, Stacy and I, um, and I can just think, just thinking back to some of the things I've done have not been, well, the, I'll say some of the things I've done that are the most rewarding to me. And I think bore maybe, I don't know about the most fruit, but bore some fruit are things that no, I, nobody asked me to do. Mm-hmm. They were just had an idea. And all of a sudden it's a couple little books on some poetry kind of thing, or had an idea and all of a sudden it's a conference on community and mission or, you know, just, uh, don't wait, just don't wait. That's good. That's good advice. Mm. I want to, and I know you kind of have already talked a little bit about this, but I'd love to hear more. So, you know, I'm, we're hearing you say, yes, like there, there is a place where you feel like you belong and also, and, (laughs) um, but what, what has helped you to feel like you belong and in the spaces or the times or the seasons where you're not feeling like that you do maybe what could have helped you feel that way, um, that you belong or some variation, go ahead and share. (laughs) Maybe I'll, I'll start off by like, I'll preface my answer by saying um, I'll list some things and maybe just say a few comments about them. And then that will also double as in those times when I didn't feel like I had a place, yeah. if I would have leaned in more to those things, 
um, and other things that I won't list, uh, that I would have, I think I would have felt like I had a place or again, I don't know if it, I keep saying aside, but I'll just say it. Uh, it's not an aside, it's sidebar, uh, <laughs> or gotten some clear word on whether or not I should be hmm. still trying to find a place. You know, so many of our friends have not found a place and now they've found a place somewhere else. Right. And I, I say, Lord bless them. And I'm so, I, I mourn that. I mourn that we lost them. And again, people will disagree whether we lost them or not, but in our tribe, in the Salvation Army tribe, mm-hmm. they're no longer in. It. And so I feel, I feel the loss, not because mm-hmm. of numbers or, or uh, anything. It's just, uh, I want them selfishly in our movement. <laughs> yeah. So, um, I kind of lost where I was going with that, but, um, <laughs> yeah, we've lost friends. That's what I want. We've lost friends and I wish it was differently. I wish it was different. Um, but it's not. And so we can learn from those, those exits. Uh, but I don't, I, 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 um, admire them, those people, because I feel like, I feel like they kept trying to find a place and then couldn't find a place and then at some point i don't know do you keep trying to find a place your whole life Mm. go up against the wall i don't know i so i don't i don't sweat them for any of that in fact i admire them and yeah lord bless them and we can learn from the reasons that they uh you know left the building yeah so here's here's the things that uh have helped me to belong i think friendships is huge friendships um I have, uh, you know, we were talking before, uh, before we recorded about some friends that I have. So I have three friends. I have more than three friends. Let's just get that. Straight. <laughs> I have exactly three friends. I have exactly three. I used to have four and I don't know what happened to that one. No, I have, I've had some really good friends, um, in my life. Like, like I was friends with another Salvation Army officer in the West who actually, um, you know, went to, went to laugh with Jesus like 26 years ago this month. Mm. Um, but before he did, before he left, we were really close, like tight friends. And I, you know, mourn his loss to this day. Uh, but, but since that, that time I've had other friends and, and currently, and when I say currently, I mean the last like 15 years, I've had these three, three other friends that are, um, like, I won't name their names cause their heads are already too big. So I don't want them to hear their names on a podcast. This is, I'm the guest. I'm, I'm the guest and they're not here. Um, and, and they're like, uh, you know, they're like 20 years younger than me or something. I'm like the mascot of the, of the gang. But, um, but listen, listen, seriously, though, those guys, I love those guys. Love them. They love me. I don't question that ever. Maybe that's one way to think of it. Like, do I ever feel like I don't have a place in that friendship? No. Like, I am totally a friend of theirs. And that's pretty cool. Um, so I would just, inc- yeah, friendships, got to cultivate friendships and not just like, you know, see each other at a Salvation Army event and talk to somebody while you're looking for somebody else to talk to, that kind of friendship. Uh, but really good friendships where you can share pain and joy and things that are going on in your family and confidences and know that they got your back, all that stuff. It's just, yeah, it can't be overstated. So, uh, also another one is like, uh, writers, authors and thinkers. Um, you guys, you guys were saying in the, in the prelim about, uh, you know, generation X and I wasn't sure what I was supposed to say anything or not, but what I would have said is, cause you said they were like the silent generation. I would have said like, that's because Gen Xers are just reading and watching films and <laughs> listening to music. We're just, we're letting everybody else fight it out. And we're just, oh, that's a good book. Uh, so, so anyway, both writers in the, in the Salvation Army and, and not in the Salvation Army. And just, and just for a minute, can I just, can I just plug it a few? Yes. Yeah. Okay. If people don't know, and this is Salvation Army, He's a commissioner in the Salvation Army, retired commissioner, but don't let that scare you. But <laughs> Phil Needham, his name is Phil Needham, and he's a rock star. I mean, he's now a personal friend. He was a mentor, and now he's a friend. But he is just hes a great author. Um, 
great thinker, Christian thinker and, and army stuff as well. He's written two books about army, army ministry specifically. One's called community and mission. And that was, uh, written in the eighties, but we, in the West, we republished it with some revisions in like 2017 or so. And I would highly recommend community and mission. And I don't know if you do show notes on your page or whatever, but we can even put, give yeah. people a link to get a free download of that. So I, I can't Ooh. recommend that highly enough. And then his one that he wrote just a few years ago is called Christ at the door. Hmm. Biblical keys to our salvationist future. It looks like this. I know your listeners can't see that, but. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, Phil Needham. Can't, I can't recommend him enough. And then, and then um, I don't know if you guys like poetry, but my, one of my favorite poets, his name, and she's not in the Salvation Army, but her name is Lucy Shaw. Okay. And can I just read you my favorite poem of hers? Yes, please. please. And I think I think it speaks to, uh, well, it speaks to me in all kinds of ways, but I think it speaks to this discussion, um, finding our place or feeling like we have a place. So my favorite poem of Lucy Shaw is called Judas Peter, Judas, Peter. And it says this. After all our turning away and turning back, he will be there. Because we are all, <laughs> okay, I'll make this. Because we are all betrayers, taking silver and eating body and blood and asking guilty, is it I? And hearing him say yes, it would be simple for us all to rush out and hang ourselves. Hmm. But if we find grace to cry, and wait after the voice of mourning has crowed in our ears clearly enough to break our hearts. He will be there to ask us each again, do you love me? Mm. So it's hard. I think it's maybe hard for hearers to hear poetry, but to me, it's just contrasting Judas's situation and Peter's situation. They're both dudes that followed Jesus, both betrayed him. One, one though, couldn't find, couldn't wait around for grace or, or, or kind of get a grip on grace and took himself out, out of the picture, right? Mm -hmm. And the other was able to have breakfast with Jesus on the beach and, and be kind of reinstated, although he never was ex-instated, if that's a word. But Jesus, yeah, just kind of says, you know, do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me? feed my lambs, take care of my sheep, feed my lambs. And, um, yeah. And I just think that, um, man, if Judas would have waited to find his place, he probably thought his place was, uh, no longer, you know, he's no longer welcome there. Hmm. But if we believe what we believe, uh, then he would have been, he would have been forgiven for betraying Jesus and turning him over to the authorities for death. And, uh, who knows what would have happened after that, but he didn't, uh, you just couldn't wait for one reason or another. And that's a whole nother, you know, we could talk about suicide, but I've already brought the room down. So I don't really want to do that, <laughs> but, but, um, but that's important too. And yeah. especially during man, during pandemic, that's something to talk about. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. So, uh, that was a long time talking about writers and thinkers, but, um, but the, that, and I could list tons of, of people for you, but, I won't, um, but that's important for people, uh, for, for yeah. people like me, people that are wired like me that need other people to think through some things and, and kind of communicate them in a clear, accessible way. That's mm -hmm. super important to me. I'd like to be that guy, but until I'm that guy, I want to read other men and women who have been there and wrote about it. Another one is, um, and this is huge and it probably should have been first. So if, when you edit, when you edit this, put this one <laughs> <laughs> this is my first answer. My first answer is my first answer is personal spiritual growth. Mm. Um, and this is kind of what, what I meant earlier when I said I'm not blaming anybody, really. I'm I'm really pointing most of the fingers at myself, that whole thing. But you know, when I focus on who I am in Christ as opposed to who someone else wants me to be, or who I perceive someone that someone else wants me to be, um then the particular vehicle that drives my ministry is, is less important. Um, and using my gifts for the glory of God and the good of others is, is King, you know, it rules. Mm -hmm. So uh, I just want to keep growing 
And, um, yeah, just keep growing closer to Jesus in order to know his love and be enveloped by his love in such a way that it will not naturally, but supernaturally flow out of me to uh, envelop others as well. All kinds of others, right? The Amazing. other. Um, so personal spiritual growth cannot be underestimated, which is why it's my first answer. Of course. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, mentors mentors kind of goes with uh, writers and thinkers, but some people have made an indelible mark on my life, like, and they don't even know it. Um, and so I'm super thankful for mentors. Some of them I actually sought out, like I mentioned, Phil Needham, I was doing graduate work and had to have a mentor um, for missional leadership. And, and so I asked him and he said, yes. And, and uh, so that was sought out, but you, you can just observe people as well. Like people can just observe people that they admire and especially people in Christ that are, uh, you know, know Jesus and, and uh, trying to get to know him more. Um, and they can be mentors as well. Mm-hmm. Some of the ones in my life are still living. Um, some of them have, have gone to, to, uh, to heaven, but I'm super thankful for mentors in my life. Another one, I think this might be one of the last ones is uh stick to itiveness, which I just, mm. I like to say that word and, and I like to write it too. Stick, stick to itiveness. I like that. Rolls off the tongue, but um, oh, yeah. grit, like grit is another word. That's an old word for it. Um, mm-hmm. These days you might say she, she persisted. Mm. Right. Mm-hmm. So like uh, keeping at it, keeping at it, because if you go by feelings, I mean, we all know this. If you go by feelings, that's not going to you're not going to stick to it. But if you keep at it, some days you just got to keep going. You know, the um, the verse that the, the Apostle Paul writes in Romans 12 too that, you know, don't don't let the world squeeze you into its mold is the J.B. Phillips paraphrase. Um, don't let the world squeeze you into its mold. And I was thinking recently that, um, you know, we often think, or I always think about the world being outside, you know, but, um, but also I think it's like, there's the world out there and then there's the world in here, both in here, like in the Salvation Army or in any man and woman made organization or movement and the world inside my heart, like don't let any of those worlds squeeze you into its mold. So when we're talking specifically about, um, the Salvation Army, I think that's important to remember, um, mm-hmm. you know, for, and probably not for nefarious purposes, but just, just because of the kind of the nature of the beast, um, people want people to be a certain way and dress a certain way and act a certain way and do their hair in a certain way and wear certain size heels, which is just the weirdest thing in the world. Yeah. Uh, anyways, <laughs> anyway, I know you'll, you'll probably edit that out too, but <laughs> Nope. Well, probably not. <laughs> no, don't. It's all saying. Here's, here's what I think. It's way, it's way easier. It would be way easier for everybody if people just got in line. And it's um it's not gonna offend anyone or rock the boat if if you just subdue your own opinion or your own idea or your, you know, kind of quiet down your own giftedness. Yeah. Or or um, don't ask that question. Hmm. It would be way easier uh, if you just kind of go along to get along. Mm-hmm. Um, in some ways, people would live a happier life in the Salvation Army and also elsewhere. And so with the people around them, if they, if they just kind of, yeah, got in line, right? Yeah. I don't believe that we're called to, to live that way. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to, I want to share three, three brief quotes with you. One is mother Teresa. So she said, uh, kind of famously, you can, you can know, you can do no big things, just small things with big love. Mm. And I think that's huge. And then, uh, I think these are all kind of related. John Lewis, Congressman John Lewis is famous for saying we need to get into good trouble. And I love that, especially over the last several years, that's really, um, been meaningful to me. Yeah. Incidentally, my, uh, my youngest got to go on a, they call it a sojourner trip for civil rights in the South and she got to meet John Lewis years ago. So that's pretty cool. Wow. And then there's this writer that I like an old English, big, a big dude smoked a cigar. His name's GK Chesterton. Um, he wrote both. He's one of those Christian writers and thinkers that wrote fiction and nonfiction. 
Um, but he's super quotable. If you ever just like uh, Google GK Chesterton quotes, you, you could have a, you could have a couple hours of, of a good time. But one of my favorites of his is uh, <laughs> I used to have it on a plaque. I was looking around to see if I have it. I used to have it on a plaque in my, in my study in my office. But anyway, he says, I like getting into hot water. It keeps me clean. Ooh. And I just love that. So like in the, in, in the context of the Salvation Army, <laughs> I've gotten into hot water a few times and I feel, I think that I'm better for it. Mm. And I know that I'm better for it. And it wasn't just to be like a jerk or to be, you know, obstinate or to be a trouble. Um, it was just, I got to be me kind of thing. And no, that, that doesn't sound right. Or should we really do that? Or how about this? And, you know, anyway, I don't, I don't consider myself a rebel at all. Like, um, at least not, not, not one without a cause. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, and, and actually in truth, I'm a bit of a, of a rule keeper, like a nerd in that, in that regard. You can just ask my wife or my kids. Um, I guess Ferris, Pharisee might be another way to, <laughs> might be another oh. name for it. Oh, might be no. another name for it. <laughs> I mean, I, I try to avoid those tendencies, but, but it happens. Pharisee happens. Um, but I'm learning to, um, I think I'm learning how to rebel well. Mm. Um, yeah, and that John Lewis's thing, "Good Trouble," is pretty great for yeah. for Christians and for anybody in general, and then for Christians specifically, and then for anyone finding themselves in the movement known as the Salvation Army, uh, even more specifically. I mean, we we wouldn't even be around if William and Catherine Booth didn't get into good trouble, right? Like we wouldn't even be here. Right. And here's another, here's another thing. Here's another thing. Now this isn't a, this isn't a side, but I'll just say it. <laughs> this mainly applies to officers leaving the Salvation Army, but I think it's applicable to anybody leaving the Salvation Army, but mainly officers because they sign, as you know, and maybe most, may, many of your listeners know, they sign a lifetime covenant, right? Mm -hmm. Why? <laughs> because the people who founded our movement left the Methodist church. Like he was a, he was a minister in the Methodist church. Mm -hmm. And then, and then you started another one, although, you know, albeit they didn't mean to, but they, they did start another, another movement within the church. Well, how come all of a sudden that one's lifelong? Well, anyways, that's uh, <laughs> that's a, Maybe I'll, I'm going to start my Good own point. podcast. I'm going to start my yeah, own podcast. It'll last like one episode. <laughs> we, you could go like line by line through the officer covenant and be like, why? <laughs> why? But some, some right. of them are really good. Like love, yeah, no, some of them are, love yeah, people, sure. you know. It's just that lifelong thing. Like, I don't, huh. Because yeah. then when they, when people leave, then it's like, whoa, you left your lifelong covenant. No, no, just circumstances and family and all that stuff. Yeah. Uh, finding a place would be huge there as well. Yeah. But anyway, that, I, um, yeah, that, that being a rebel, a good rebel or rebelling well plays out in all areas of life, but, but we're talking about the social army and I think it definitely is, is relevant there. And that's all I really know. That's my tribe. I mean, 17 years old in, in, uh, yeah. in Chicago or in Macomb, um, you know, and like got married at 21, went to training college or seminary at 22, commissioned and ordained at 24, and now I'm 54. So um, I don't know a lot of other tribes in the, in the Christian yeah. church. Um, and I don't see that as a weakness. I, I love my life. Um, but that's what I, that's, that's who I know. Like even lately, I've tried to do some Facebook things and I'm just calling it SA Tribe and just kind of throwing some stuff out there like, hey, we thought of it this way. Or maybe maybe you should think of a different definition for this word that you're throwing at people. <laughs> so I'm just, yeah. you know, I'm just trying to speak to my tribe. Like these are the people I love and the people that I want us to. We're not ever going to all agree ever. Yeah. And it shouldn't be that way. Right. We should have a mutual respect and um, safe place to have these discussions like we're having. So whether it's in a podcast or, 
over a cup of coffee or both. I see that coffee. Um, anyway, <laughs> yeah, I'm not, so I'm not willing to let the Salvation Army die on the vine or maybe even worse to kind of keep chugging along, but missing, missing the mission. I don't want either one of those things to happen. I want us to, I want us to be fully who God, I believe, rose us up to be. Not more important than the rest of the church. Not, you know what term I hate more that we're more than a church. I cannot, if I hear that one more time, <laughs> it's like the term lately during COVID, like when people say, oh, I can't wait till we get back to normal. Oh, if I God. hear that one more time, anyway, yeah, that's a long answer to that question of what keeps me kind of um, going or keeps me feeling like I have a place, but, mm -hmm. but they're super important to me. I really tried to put some thought into, yeah, what does, cause you know, you don't really think about these things until somebody asks you. <laughs> so thank right. you. Thank you for asking. I was able to get a bit introspective and, and be really thankful for, I mean, names just and faces just started flying, flying past me. Mm -hmm. Um, super thankful for so many people that have invested in my life and, um, yeah, didn't, didn't get too upset when I upset them or didn't cast me out when I, um, you know, called them on something or tried to speak the truth in love and they received it that way, or at least a week later they received it that way or whatever. Mm -hmm. I'm super thankful. Just so like, it's amazing. It's a, yeah. a miracle, but, um, yeah. So thanks for asking. Cause those are good things to think about for all of us. Yeah. Why are we where we are? Why are we with the people we're with? Are we are we investing from them? Or are we just taking from them? Mm -hmm. Is it just duty or is it discipleship? Like those are huge. Yeah. yeah. This is like spoiler spoiler alert because this is technically only that was hard for me to say that word spoiler anyway. Um, it should just it should just be one word like spoiler. 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 You could add the Oh, spoiler. Yeah, it's just a, you know, one of these. Spoiler. Spoiler. I'm going to start uh, using that uh, on our social media. Together, two words. Yeah, see together. if that takes off. Okay. I'm going to. Um, I told you you were cool. Um, <laughs> but. I, I know that this is technically the, the second episode of our series, but we have also been recording um, kind of ahead of time too. And one of the things that we, that is a common thread in every one that we've done so far is community. It's people. That's, that's been the hook. And that's also what keeps. And I think that that is so important and it's so beautiful um because i think we often take it for granted you know and so as i've been you know just listening to you talk rob i've just been thinking about like my community and you know what can i do i don't know often in the busyness of life like we let so many other things become more important um that maybe really aren't as important, you know? Um, and then we forget to check in with someone or we forget to reach out or like God nudges and like the Holy spirit's like, Hey, you need to call Kiri. And I'm like, yeah, okay, cool. I'll do that. And then a month passes, you know, like yeah. <laughs> that yep. true story. Um, you know, but like, that's, that's the thing. Like, how are we caring for each other? Like, how are we caring for this community? that we have, that God has given us this tribe, as you call it, you know, like that's so important. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, I mean, the, Jesus said that other people would know that we're his followers by our love for one another. Yeah. So if, if I, I'll just speak for myself, if I am speaking more ab against the people that really tick me off, mm -hmm. <laughs> whether that's on social media or whatever, Mm -hmm. Or if I'm more, if I spend more time, you know, getting my opinion across or my whatever, why the church shouldn't be so interlinked with political figures, that's hypothetical. Um, mm -hmm. Then if I'm doing, if I'm doing those things more than loving my neighbor or my community member, I'm just, I totally missed, missed the mark. 
and I should repent and receive forgiveness and then get better. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because that's, that is what it's when before uh, I didn't really get into our officership, but we've done kind of all this stuff. Like we core officers and DYSs and DSs and GSs and, is there a BS? No, no. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, there is. I surely, surely anyway, there must be. Anyway. <laughs> I've, well, I hope. Well, so. anyway, let's like let's a business secretary, down. business secretary. Yes. That, no, could be. that, sounds, that sounds right. That sounds right to me. Or BA. <laughs> yeah. BA. It's BA. It's BA, but that's <laughs> anyways. Um, so we've done all that stuff. And then we went to the college roster training in, um, which is like a seminary for those that don't know, uh, in California. And so we were on staff there for two years. And then we got to do, you know, talk, I should have listed this on the, what, what makes, you know, keeps me feeling like I have a place, but we got to just go somewhere in the San Fernando Valley of Southern California and just start something. And so we did a bunch of study and learning and reading, went to some seminars and whatnot. Anyway, then we, then we like exegeted some communities out in uh, San Fernando Valley, just kind of spent a week in each of these communities. You know, what's this, what's the makeup here? What makes it tick? All those kinds of things. And we landed in a little, little, no, nothing town called the Canoga Park, California. And we picked it because it was the most multi-ethnic, multi-racial, multi-socioeconomic level. Um, It just had everybody like the world was there. Right. Um, but the army wasn't. And so we were able to, anyway, we, long story short, we started, uh, some people call them house churches. Um, but we just, the, the Salvation army got us a, a place to live and that's where we, we didn't have a building. We didn't have anything else. We didn't have an office except for in our house. We just did everything in our house or from our house. So for four years from 2017 to 2021, just last year, we were just, we were told, the reason I'm talking about this, there is a point because you said communities. Mm-hmm. So we called it VMC and it stood for Valley Missional Communities. Mm-hmm. And our whole, like our mission statement was um, communities of Jesus followers following Jesus into our communities. Mm-hmm. And it was all about like, we'd come weekly on a Thursday night, we'd sit around our big, we bought this huge picnic-y kitchen table and so uh, every Thursday night we'd come and we'd, have, we'd share a meal together. And then we would just go. I tried to learn guitar. I'm still trying to learn guitar. But we'd just <laughs> travel into the family room and, and worship. And then either either pray together or read scripture or have some kind of message or Bible study. And, but then we'd also, like on a Saturday morning, we'd come and make a bunch of breakfast burritos. And then we'd eat them and then we'd take them out to the homeless. So we'd take, we'd take breakfast burritos and coffee out to the homeless, or we'd clean up the neighborhood or, or, or whatever we did, it was in community. And that's going back to Phil Needham's book, Community and Mission. That's where that whole idea came from. It's just like, mm-hmm. yeah, there's not, we're not lone rangers out there. We shouldn't be, nobody should feel alone in the body of Christ. You know, when one, one part hurt, all parts suffer kind of thing. Yeah. So community is is key. And, um, we got to keep developing that and nurturing that, um, over some of the other, even over a cause maybe, or over, uh, over a program or whatever. But anyway, yeah, I just wanted to amen your community statement. Yeah, no, thank you. Um, well, let's, we're gonna look at the final question about where are you headed next? Where's God uh, taking you next? Well, as I said, we just got to San Diego seven months ago, so hopefully nowhere soon. Uh, <laughs> right. But that's for many, many years. That's geographically, but spiritually, um, I want, I, I quote too many people sometimes, but, uh, General John Gallons, you know, wrote, wrote a lot of stuff. And one of, one of the lines that he wrote to me, uh, is the definition of holiness. And it just says to be like Jesus, this hope possesses me. Mm. So that's where, that's where I'm headed. Um, and that is to say, I don't know. I don't know where that will lead me. Um, except that I, I, there's some, you know, markers, like my wife picks a verse, I mean, a word every year 
to kind of live into or live out. So I've never done it. I'm not good at that kind of thing, but this year I, I chose one and it's empathy. Hmm. And I, I mainly chose it because I suck at it. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> so it was like a stretch goal. Um, <laughs> but I really, I really do. I need to figure that out. And so the, this year, that's where I'm headed spiritually. I think it's a spiritual discipline to um, feel things that other people feel and kind of get not under their skin. That sounds weird, but, um, but into their lives or, or into their shoes, maybe is a little less odd um, and see things from their point of view. And how did they get there? And why do they think that way? And instead of, well, they're, they're wrong. <laughs> they're obviously wrong. <laughs> um, I don't, I just don't want to be that guy. I have been over the last several years, again, not too many specifics, but all the same, same things that other people have dealt with. And I've just kind of been on the, well, I'm right and they're wrong side of things. And I just don't see Jesus. Hmm being that way in the gospels, you know, that, that, uh, scene in the gospels where the woman's caught in adultery, the writer Philip Yancey, um, you know, has some good words about whether or not she was caught in adultery. <laughs> seemed like a setup, seemed like a setup, mm. but, um, but because of that for years, women have been subjugated, but anyways, um, he says, oh, he, he tells a story and it's, and it's a beautiful, Story And, you know, when Jesus kneels down and, and writes in the dirt, uh, Philip Yancey posits that maybe we don't know what he wrote, right? And Philip Yancey suggests, well, maybe he was just like writing like lust. And then he'd write anger. <laughs> mm. Then he'd write cheating on your taxes. And then he'd write, you know, a jealousy. Maybe he was just writing this, the favorite sins of all the dudes there that were standing with rocks in their hands. And so one by one the oldest and youngest, I think they just drop the rocks and walk away. So I love the way he tells that story. But then I also have realized in my own life, I don't have a problem. I'm not a stoner. I'm not, <laughs> I wasn't. Okay. There was one time in high school. No, I was never, I was never, I was never part of the stoner club, but also in the church, in the church, you know, like, I'm not, a, I don't, I'm not quick to pick up a rock to throw at somebody that was either caught or set up or found themselves tangled in sin. Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying that to blow my own like spiritual horn. I just, that's a, it's not a thing for me. I don't, I get it. It's a fallen world and people fall and stuff happens and hurts. Mm -hmm. And let's figure out where to go from here. However, I want to take those people out that are holding the rocks. <laughs> like mm -hmm. if I was Jesus, I just would have made the biggest rock they ever saw and, you know, bowling for dollars kind of thing. Like, but he, but he didn't do that. Mm -hmm. He just said, let, let he who is without sin cast the first stone. They couldn't hack it and they left, right? Um, so where was I going? That's, that's where I want to go. If that's mm -hmm. the question, where are you going? Yeah. Like empathy and um, yeah, non-judgmental attitude towards people. Um, there's a great author, Brene Brown, that's... Uh, helpful in this area of empathy. Mm -hmm. um, there's another writer named David Brooks, totally different type of a dude and type of a writer, but he writes about there being two mountains in life. Mm -hmm. And the first mountain is like, um, you know, you build your life. So kind of like success or at least, you know, go to college and go get a job and get car and, and get, you know, have a start a family, all those kinds of things that are kind of, there's nothing wrong with those things in and of themselves but they're kind of focused on me, like my life, my life, or kind of like personal happiness. And then he talks about the second mountain um, being like about giving yourself away. And those things are less important because you've been there and done that. And now it's about yeah, giving yourself away, living for other people, being deeply committed to other people. I think that's where community comes in mm -hmm. um, to be transformed by love. So that, so I, I am ascending that mountain. I'm not there yet. I'm not at the peak of that mountain, but you know, I am 54. So I'm, I'm not, I don't care about what people think about me anymore. I'm not, I'm not looking for promotion or, or, um, you know, applause or any of those kinds of things. I'm sure I was at one point, but now I just, I want to be, I want to be closer to Jesus and I want to love others better. Yeah. Um, 
And so I don't know where that will take me, but, um, yeah, I don't know where that will take me, but I'm not worried about it either. Like, Hmm. I guess like where, where will that take me? Who knows? (laughs) I don't, I don't know, but I'd rather follow Jesus. Like I'd rather follow Jesus and, and not know where I'm headed than to, to, than to know exactly where I'm headed and, and I'm not following him. Like he's not leading. Yeah. So I get a little, I get nervous when people are like, and in the church, we do this in the Salvation Army, a universal part of the Christian evangelical Christian church. Um, <laughs> we do, we do this as well. Like we, well, what's God's plan for your life? You got to find God's plan for your life. And hmm. You know, our friend Danielle and some other people have have said over the years, just do the next right thing. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I know there's verses, especially Psalms and Proverbs, but there's verses that make it seem like everything is all mapped out and planned. But, and I, I, again, send your cards and letters to, (laughs) to the host of this podcast, but in our, in our Wesleyan theology, I don't think we believe that. Right. Yeah. I have no, I have no problem believing that God knows everything because he's omniscient. Right. But that doesn't mean he makes everything happen. You know, to use kind of a crass example, somebody like George Lucas or J.R.R. Tolkien knew what was going to happen to Luke and Frodo. But that they made it happen. Like <laughs> they're the you know, they made it happen. Uh, they could do whatever they want and they made them go this and the, all those things. But the way that God works in my understanding of Wesleyan theology, there's not like one single plan for your life. And if you miss that, you lose. Hmm. There's a big world out there and you're made, all of us are made as individuals in all kinds of intricate ways, you know? Um, and and uh, we can go, we can go do whatever we want. That, that's that's not going to be harmful to other people. Or mm. so I just I think we just put a big weight on people, especially young people, to like oh you got to find you got to marry the right person and blah you know go to the right college and go or get married in, in, even at all. Like there's just so many there's just so many pressures that we just I think we just make them up. <laughs> They've just yeah. been passed down from generation to generation. And I say let's let's break that generation it's not a generational curse i'm not even sure how i feel about those things but but it is it is in the in my pedestrian sense of the term like it's that's not it's a lie from the pit mm-hmm. to believe that god's got one if you don't choose door number one if you choose door number three well <laughs> lord bless you that's not that doesn't make any sense to me so yeah um yeah i guess all that to say is i don't know where i'm going but I know it's going to be good and it's going to be hard and it's going to be, there's going to be pain and tears and joy and lots of laughter and coffee and good music and Mm -hmm. community. You know, going back to my three friends, I don't, when I, when I'm with them, I was, I was just in Chicago uh, in November for one of their, one of their, I'm not still not saying their names. One of them had, one of them had a birthday and we celebrated him. All three of us descended on, on Mm -hmm. Chicago. Mm-hmm. Okay, I, gave, I guess I gave it away. He lives in Chicago. <laughs> well, that doesn't say he's a friend. Of, it only gives it away for people that know it already. Anyway, a lot of people, I've heard that a lot of people live in Chicago. They do, yeah. But anyway, what I was going to say was, when I'm with them, I laugh like I've never laughed in my life. Mm. Each time, I laugh more each time, mm-hmm. and uh, I've cried a few times and prayed a few times and almost got kicked out of the museum of art in November. And, uh, <laughs> you know, just, just like, that's life. It's life. And it's beautiful. And there's so much of it to live. And we can't weigh people down to make them think like they're going to, they're going to miss out on what God has for them. No, you're not going to, how could you miss out on what God has for you? Hmm. He's our heavenly father and wants to give us all kinds of good stuff. It's not a test, hmm. right? It's a relationship. So that's where I'm headed. That's where I'm headed. All those things and more. I love it. That's yeah. the gospel. That's a good, that's, that's good news. That's, that is good. <laughs> it news. is good news. <laughs> that's the good news. Yeah. Thank you so much. This was so good. It was so good to talk with you and 
and to uh, see Bono um, <laughs> in. Uh, so <laughs> I, I think I did get a picture and I will post it, but Bono has joined our podcast. And um, so now I anticipate that there will be a spike in the listeners. Um, spread the word. Um, he's my no, silent partner. He's the silent partner. There's just like a big, like, yeah, I did get a good picture. Just a stand up thing, like a cardboard thing of Bono in the background. So no, but for real, thank you so much for coming, for sharing your story and just being honest and transparent. And, um, it's, yeah, it just really was a a breath of fresh air and I'm excited uh, for everybody to listen. Um, yeah. It was really great. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Oh man. I thank you both for to doing this. Like I said, cause it's super cool and needed mm-hmm. uh, and, and important. It's got eternal value. Thank you for asking me and for asking me those questions. Like I said, if, if any, if, if it doesn't work out, if you listen back to it uh, and you're like, well, I don't know what he was talking about, then just scrap it. Just throw it. <laughs> Like nope, I, it was gold. I think you'll agree with this. Life is too short for bad podcasts. Like it's <laughs> right. Bad podcast episodes. Like if it doesn't grab you in the first five minutes, you should junk that thing. That's, delete, oh. delete. If it didn't then, grab anybody oh. in the first five minutes, that was not your fault. That was <laughs> so. <laughs> How about the first five minutes of the interview. Okay. The, the last thing I wanted to say is a shout out to Jim and Fulton and Eric. Yeah. <laughs> hey guys. The, the anonymous friends. The anonymous yeah. friends. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't use their last names. Nobody knows those guys. Bolton is not really a common name, is it? Uh, oh, well, that's, that's appropriate because well, anyway, I don't again I don't want to give them too much airtime. No, 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 no. Um <laughs> we'll tell you a funny story about that later. Oh, I no. want to hear it. I, I have to hear it. <laughs> anyway we love all of you listeners i've got some i could tell too but i'm not supposed to there's some kind of confidence going on i don't know well that's eric if you're listening (laughs) this is a test eric do you listen oh well maybe not to all the way to the end if (laughs) so send me a text (laughs) (laughs) anyway anyway um We'll, we'll wrap it up. But what I was saying is we love you listeners. Thank you for joining in. Um, we hope that you were challenged and, and inspired and just, you know, throughout this whole series, I hope that you're thinking through these questions too. It's important. Um, and so we, we will catch you in two weeks, uh, with an interview with, Chantal Beluska. (laughs) She's so lovely and it is so wonderful. And she's how old? 16, 15? Oh gosh, I can't remember. 15, I think. Um, And you're going to hear from her and you are just going to love it. So please tune in, um, mark your calendars. So thanks Rob. And we'll see you guys later. Thank you. Be well. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>